Hi, I'm Tracy Minoknuku, the host of the Sexy Aging Podcast and author of My Menopause Memoir. I started my podcast to open up the conversation for women transitioning through menopause because nobody was talking about it. In my podcast, you'll have all your questions on midlife health, fitness, longevity, career changes, and relationships answered with some of the world's leading experts in these fields. Midlife is an amazing time to evaluate how you're going to live the second half of your life. I recommend you do this with a bit of sass and keep it sexy. You can find my podcast anywhere you tune in to listen to your favourite podcasts. My Sexy Aging Lifestyle course launched last month and I couldn't have been happier with the response by women who've taken the course. Here's what Fiona, a Canadian fitness professional and trainer for CanFit Pro had to say. I really enjoyed the chapter-based learnings on video. Tracy knows her stuff and is super engaging. As a 26-year veteran of the fitness industry, there's always more to know and to keep us going through the next 26 years. This course is a great place to dig deep and come away with tools and tips, not just for yourself, but for clients. Thanks, Fiona. My goal is that this course is for all women, those who want to know about menopause and those going through it now. The course will help you understand your body and the easy hacks you can start today to successfully implement and support your symptoms. I have a podcast exclusive discount without an expiry date if you're interested. Go to www.sexyaging.com and use the code SEXYAGING10 for 10% off this course. I'll put that in the show notes. See you there. Episode 57 with Karen Van Vliet and we discuss the gut microbiome. Some of my early perimenopause symptoms included stomach bloating, pain and constipation. I had a hunch that my diet was negatively impacting on my digestive system and as I discovered that changing hormones were also at play, it felt like a real minefield to come back to a healthy digestive tract. If you are also experiencing gut upsets, you'll love this conversation between Karen and myself. Loads of questions answered. It's um, exciting because it's a topic that I'm really, really interested in. And it is from a place of personal um, experience where a few years ago, I had um, some real gut issues and it caused, I believe there was a direct correlation between the problems I was having with my gut and some inflammation and in hindsight when I look back there was a lot of changes going on you know through the through my age I was 47 48 at the time and that's sort of the beginning of perimenopause for a lot of women so we had all this stuff going on and um, I made some changes in my diet and it really did help reduce the inflammation but what I'm really excited to talk to Karen about today is specifically about gut microbiome and it is kind of a buzzword like we hear a lot about it and um, but we don't fully understand what it is and what it means for a healthy life and not just a healthy physical life but a healthy mental and emotional life as well so um, I'm going to shut down and Karen's (laughs) going to tell us a little bit about herself and how you kind of got into this space uh, yes, well, thanks for the intro, Tracy. Um, yeah, so I got into gut health a couple of years ago myself as well, due to 
just like you, personal issues. Like I, I actually got diagnosed with uh, type one diabetes back then. And I was always like um, considered really healthy. Like my friends were always asking me about like, oh, what should I do? And how should I do this and that? Because I was sort of like the healthy one within the group. So I was the last one people expected um, to have something so you know serious as type one diabetes. And I somehow always thought I would get it. My dad has it. And while it's not necessarily, um, you know, that it can run in the family, it's, I just had the feeling that I would get it at some point. So when I got the symptoms, I was like, okay, this is it. And then obviously, while it's not treatable or curable, uh, it's treatable, it's not curable, I should say. Um, I also wanted to make sure that I could, you know, like live my best life while having diabetes. So that's when I started really looking into like, what can I do? How can I live better? Um, what, what changes can I make? And, and I think that's really when I started looking into the anti-inflammatory lifestyle and what you just said as well already, like about inflammation and inflammation actually starts in the gut, and that's where sort of like it starts to spread and then, uh, lifestyle diseases can, can develop. So, um, again, it's still, it's not really sure what I've done or what I haven't done or what's, what has caused for me to get diabetes, but at the same time, the fact that I can manage it really easily right now is definitely part of, I think my lifestyle and, um, that I'm living a really healthy life without much effort, because I think that's the problem very often as well. You want to, like, I want to live my life. Like, and I want to have fun and I want to do stuff and I don't want to always have to limit myself. And I think that's, that's a little bit how I felt as well. If, if you're going to be super healthy, then you restrict yourself all the time. And the, what I liked about this, uh, like looking into gut health, it's just, it's making changes, but there are also changes that are easy to make, easiest to make and uh, that are, you know, lasting changes. And that, and that's when I also started looking into like what, um, what else I could do. So, you know, like, and that's when I got into supplements as well, what, what I can do for my gut health and how to take best care of it. And I think for me, the biggest surprise was that, you know, when you want to look after your health, I think the first thing you think of is your nutrition. And obviously that's a massive part. I mean, what you eat is what, who you are in a way, but um, I never realized that your exercise regime and your mental health have such a big impact as well. I mean, sure, your exercise and, and moving, I know it's healthy and it's good for you, but I always thought it was more good for you just on a, you know, overall basis and a mental basis. I never thought that it was actually impacting my gut health. Um, and then the fact that you're like now that I'm a lot more deeper into it, uh, knowing that like your like the amount of sleep, the amount of stress, your mental health, your happiness, etc., that it's all impacted by and uh, influenced by your gut. I th like I just think it's this miracle thing in your body that that one impacts everything and is impacted by almost everything you do. Um, and it's and it's funny because I think who was it? I think Natalie said it. Uh, you interviewed her before. Uh, Natalie Dow, she said at some point, like the gut is, it's such an easy thing to fix, like, or to take care of, and it doesn't have to cost you a lot and it doesn't require a lot of work. And your gut is also, it's very forgiving in a way. It might not, you know, like recover within a week uh, if you've, you know, like trashed it for years, but yeah. um, it is very like you can, it's never too late to get started to look after your gut and the results can be like tremendous. It's like, it's really, really interesting to see what, what differences people see and, and have 
um, once they start you know, looking after their gut a lot better. Yeah. Well, you've just given me so much food for thought. (laughs) I'm going to have a few puns in here. And actually, they do say um, that, you know, there's the the words, the gut instinct. And you've mentioned about the importance of and how the gut relates to, you know, your physical wellness, mental wellness, emotional wellness, right? So you actually got me thinking a lot. Can we just dive down for a moment and look in and help us break up what does microbiome actually mean? So when we hear these buzzwords about microbiome and we know it's got something to do with the gut, can you explain what that actually is? So when you look at the microbiome or when you talk about the microbiome, and I have to admit, I have a little paper in front of me, so I have the proper definition in front of me as well. Uh, but basically microbiome is, is um, basically a place where microorganisms live together in a specific biological environment. So for example, on your skin or your, in your mouth, it's where you know bacteria, fungi, viruses, all these uh, microorganisms live together. So microbiome is not necessarily in your gut. It's at right. different places in your, uh, like I said, it's, it's your, your mouth, on your skin, your vagina. Um, but it's, if you then look at the microorganisms in your guts, um, the microbiome of your gut, that's actually called your microbiota. Um, so, and that is the collection of those organisms, again, like those viruses, the, the bacteria, etc., uh, that are in your entire gastro, um, gastrointestinal tract. So that's basically from your mouth to your anus, so the entire uh, tract. And then if you look at... Um, just the part of your sort of like your microbiome so those microorganisms in your gut that's your gut flora so it basically it goes a little bit from like your entire body to just you know your uh, gastrointestinal tract to just your gut flora Um, and that's gut flora is what you really want to look after that's where um, those micro you know those those bacteria the good and bad bacteria neutral bacteria that's where they live and where you really want to get a good balance uh, and where you you know, can win the most. Yeah, well, I understand. Uh, I've heard all of those words and now you've explained (laughs) it beautifully. So what we're actually talking about is um, the optimum gut flora for optimal health. Is that, that's what we want to talk about, right? Yeah. So um, let's go there. Uh, How do you, how do you get a kick-ass gut flora? (laughs) We talk first about um just wondering here but like how do you know if you don't have a good gut flora yeah that's a good place maybe to start. yeah <laughs> um, let's do so that <laughs> let's start with a negative and then we have the positive yeah yeah and finish so, on a high note <laughs> exactly um so what we we there are a couple of tests you can do at home to to check your gut flora but what we normally say is um if you one, if you wonder if your, your gut flora is out of balance, one of the first things you will notice is um, you're very often bloated after food. So if you've been having, you know, like your meal and one or two hours later, you, you know, you're bloated like you're pregnant or you just, you know, you have this discomfort, then there's, there is an imbalance in your gut flora. Um, if you don't go regular, if you don't poo regularly, um, I still need to get over the poo discussion sometimes, but <laughs> we have to talk about sometimes. What we're talking about right here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Shit with this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So if you, you know, you should actually poo two to three times a day. Whoa. So if, <laughs> I know, I know. 
if you do at least once a day or once or twice, um, that would be great, obviously. But that just means that you have a, a healthy gut flora. Um, another thing that you can notice if, you, um, if your gut flora is out of balance is that you're very low on energy without reason. So if you say like, oh, I'm actually really tired often and it's not that I'm busy or that I have been sleeping badly, but it's just a, I feel like low on energy. That can be a sign that your gut flora is, is not doing too well. Um, your skin is another sign like eczema, acne, etc. That's all a sign of an imbalance can be food intolerance as well. But the food intolerance is very often linked to your gut flora um, being out of balance. So you should then figure out what your your food intolerance is and then slowly reintroduce it once you've taken care of your gut flora and not always, but very often then you can actually deal with it again. It's just if your gut flora is out of balance and you keep feeding it with things that are triggering it even further and, and you know, increase this inflammation, then you're obviously not healing. You're not really getting anywhere. You're not supporting your body the way you should. Um, your mood, if you like very often have like are irritable or just, you know, like very low and negative, et cetera, definitely, you know, can be a sign of your uh, gut flora. And I think that one of the most common ones is you get sick regularly because mm. over 70% of your immune system is actually in your gut flora. So obviously if your gut flora is, is in bad shape, then your overall health is in bad shape. So those are sort of like the things that you, if you notice one or all of them, that you're like, okay, maybe I should look at something. And I almost say, and like we, I work with a lot of nutritionists as well. And they all say as well, like when somebody comes to me to make lifestyle changes and to improve their eating habits, we actually always start with looking after their gut because that's sort of like the first thing we need to sort out and create a, a healthy gut flora. Because then the, the thing is as well, if your gut flora is not healthy, then all the good food, or if you start eating good food, all the good nutrients and uh, are not being absorbed either because your gut flora is not in the right shape to do that. Um, so one test that you can do, or actually there are two tests that you can do. You can do, um, I don't know if you know, the Jerusalem artichoke. Um, it's this little, it looks a little bit like a potato. It's really hard. Um, but what you can do is uh, take one of them and either put it in your smoothie or shave it over your salad, eat it. And um, it's, a, it's a very high fiber um, uh, food item. So if your gut flora is in good shape, you will be able to digest that and uh, get it through your, your gastrointestinal tract without problem, without any issues, without bloating, without cramps or anything. However, if your gut flora is out of balance, then you will definitely feel some discomfort. So that's one thing you can just test at home to be like, okay, how do I feel? Another one you can do is um, the corn or blueberry test, as we call it. So normally your digestion takes about 20 hours. So whatever you eat, uh, 20 hours later, you should poo it out, basically. So if you take like blueberries or corn, if you eat that, then you should keep track of like, when do I actually, when do I see those in my poo? Mm. Because they're easy to recognize, right? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> if you eat it in the morning um, or, you know, for lunch or whatever, 20 hours later, you should have your, you know, like your poo with some blue and yellow in it. Uh, blue or yellow, I should say. Um, so those are two things you can easily do at home and just to be like, okay, I'm having some, I, I feel I'm having symptoms. Let me just double check. Um, and normally most of the times people don't poo um, 
as often as they should and their digestion is not going as fast as it should. Um, so if it's more than 20 hours, it's very often it means that you're, you know, like it just, the, the digestion is going a little bit slower. And very often the problem with that is that you don't eat enough fibers because the fibers are helping you to, um, well, pull regularly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a hundred percent. So I'm just thinking about some of the things that I've learned about inflammation, um, and hormone changes with women in midlife specifically. Um, so and I'll just dial back to it, sort of my personal experience with, um, yeah, yeah with sort of the whole understanding microbiome and gut flora and those two tests that you recommend, that's really easy. I think anyone could do that from yeah. home. So I've never heard of that before. And I'm actually thinking I can do that. I've got some corn in the freezer. Yeah. I could try exactly. that out. <laughs> um, and, but that's the beauty of it. You don't need to, of course, it's great to do like the, the, the proper test and just yeah. to see how your gut flora is and what bacteria, et cetera. But this is something you can just do at home and just be like, okay, let me just see what's happening. And then especially the corn or blueberry test is very easy and, you know, not painful. Like the, uh, the Jerusalem artichoke, if you're, if you're really concerned that your gut is out of shape, then maybe you don't dare to try that because that can cause some discomforts because of the high fibers and your body will struggle to digest it. Um, but again, it's all about once you know, you know, you can do better, right? And it's, it's about knowing what's, what you can do or what you should do to look better after your health, I always feel. So yeah, you can stick your head in the sand and be like, well, okay, I'm just going to ignore this. Or you can actually, you know, do something about it. Hey, Sexy Aging Podcast listener. Thank you for taking the time every week to listen to these episodes with my amazingly generous guests. Every episode, I come away inspired and educated. The production of this podcast is a completely solo effort. I do all the guest sourcing, recording, editing, and marketing, and you help to spread the word. And for that, I'm grateful that we gain an average of 500 downloads per episode. So I'm keeping it real here and sharing something with you. I've been approached by brands that would like to sponsor this podcast. Of course, being able to remunerate the time I commit to the podcast, the past 18 months and over 50 episodes, it would be great to get paid a little and keep going. Here's the thing. I can't just have any brand want to promote their products here. The brands need to be real to us. Would I use this? Do I believe in it? Does it actually work for my audience? So if you know of a brand or you are a brand that you believe would be a complimentary partner to Sexy Aging, drop me an email to tracy at sexyaging.com and let's talk. I'll put that email address in the show notes. Thanks. Yeah, I did ignore it for quite a while because I was in denial. So for me, the um, the first thing that came up in, as far as bloating and inflammation went was dairy products. So I grew up in New Zealand, dairy products you know were absolutely normal in our diet we never had any issue but then we think back now how that was growing you know yeah. and there weren't all the the pesticides and all that sort of stuff when I was a kid so and obviously you know a smaller population therefore there's enough for everyone and now that you know they're trying to make products so much faster they're adding more pesticides and antibiotics and all that kind of stuff and it affects the food chain which now affects how we ingest the food, right? So I'm aware of that. And so just as I got older, I noticed that dairy products and me, we were not friends. 
um, yeah. it was very painful. And so when I cut that out, that actually helped a lot. Um, one of yeah. the other things I noticed that as I've aged and I'm going through menopause, um, I definitely don't poo two or three times a day. Um, and there would be, it wouldn't be uncommon I can't believe I'm saying this for everyone to listen, but it wouldn't be uncommon <laughs> that I've said a lot of other things, so I shouldn't really worry just too much. Let it out. It's just the whole, thank you. Well, I'd like to, but it's only every two or three days. <laughs> I'd like to oh, let yeah, it out every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so unhealthy for your body, obviously. Like yeah. If you think about it. Well, it upsets me as well, because I know that it, yeah. that it should be more. So one of the things that I've looked at, obviously, is increasing fiber in my diet and it has definitely made all the difference so I'm just patting myself on the back right now it's like at least once a day super happy well it definitely makes me a happier person so you know yeah. I just feel like so much lighter and relaxed and not more energetic out. right it's yeah, funny more, how you yeah. like how what an impact that can make because I think what you said like you ignored it for a long time I think most of us do and the, the the problem is i feel that you know the symptoms of an imbalanced gut flora they're so vague and they're so normal we actually accept them most of the time which is ridiculous mm -hmm. we're accepting it that we're feeling bloated after food because we're like well that's just the way it is um we're accepting it that we're low on energy that we sleep really bad for example that's also something an imbalanced gut flora can impact the, the quality of your sleep and yeah. Um, you know, like your skin problems, etc. And it's all these, these little things that you just like, well, it'll go away or whatever. And then once you actually start looking after it and making some changes, the, the difference is like, I think phenomenal. It's like, yeah. it's so impressive. And then, then you're like, why did I not do this before? Yeah, no, it's so true. Um, the thing I noticed today is um, sugar, mm. alcohol, um, those are my key to my two things today that yep. will instantly cause skin issues for me. Like oh, skin within, issues right away. Yeah. Yeah. 24 hours, um, you know, just red, um, itchy, irritated skin. And yeah. I, I've, I've tested it multiple times <laughs> because A, I kind of like sugar and B, I like the old glass of wine. Um, so it's like, it's not completely out of my diet, but I am so, I'm getting so conscious as I get yeah. older, the absolutely negative impact of sugar. Yeah. Like just as a major must just completely ditch it. And I can go six days without having anything with sugar. So I actually think that's pretty cool, but that's taken quite yeah, a long so time to get to that place mm -hmm. where I'm, where I recognize that sugar is like really bad for me. And mm. it's probably really bad for everyone, but I'm really yeah. now open to the fact that that is not a food group. It is not healthy and it's going to age me faster than anything else that I could possibly do. Yep. So yeah, stress and sugar, bad, bad for the body. Very bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But so we... We're sugar about, is definitely a, yeah. an, a food or a type that's causing inflammation. <laughs> no, it's not a food, but it's it's something like if, what I mentioned before, like the anti-inflammatory lifestyle. Sugar is definitely on the list, the number one to avoid uh, yeah. as much as possible. And if you have it, try to look for more natural alternatives. Like when I cook or whatever I do, um, 
I use honey more often um, and you have beautiful honey in New Zealand. Yeah, we do. Um, but, but I also very often like, uh, I really like my banana bread. Uh, and like, if you do really ripe bananas, you don't need sugar or yeah. even honey to add to it. So it's also finding alternatives and, and not automatically grab that sugar when you're cooking or making something uh, for dessert. Like how, what are alternatives that you can, that you can use? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so actually, I want to take this conversation yeah. a little bit further. So from your non-negotiables, I mean, where's the best place to start to start to build a healthy gut, gut flora and microbiome? Like where do you, where, what, what's the absolute baseline you should start with? Increase your fruit and vegetable intake, I would say. Because I like, if you want to make changes, like nutrition has the biggest impact. So like, the reality is we're not going to make all the changes in one go. So start somewhere that you can. And for me, and I think for a lot of people, adding something is easier than removing something. Mm -hmm. Like saying like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to have any dairy for the next two weeks. Then you, you're only focusing on like, oh, I can't have any dairy. And then you're going to be frustrated. But if you say in the next two weeks, I'm going to have an extra piece of fruit and an extra piece of vegetable or, you know, like on a daily basis, that, that's a lot easier to accomplish. And from a vegetable or fruit point of view, just like it's such a cliche, but go to the supermarket or the store and, um, or the markets and grab something you haven't eaten before. Like try something new, like make that a habit that once a week you grab something that's, that's new or different or that you don't take very often because we're also creatures of habits. So we're just grabbing the same things over and over again, which mm -hmm. is as long as it's healthy, it's good. But at the same time, it's of, of course, also makes it a little bit boring from time to time. So grab some stuff that you haven't tried before. Look like and see how you can have it. And you will not like everything, but keep it easy for yourself and add something. And the funny thing is, the more you start doing that and the more healthy items you start adding to your diet, the less likely you are to actually um, have these unhealthy things because suddenly it becomes a habit that in the afternoon, rather than that you grab a cookie because you're, you, you know, you're craving something, you just take a piece of, you know, some fruit because that gives you the same satisfaction. It has sugars in it as well, but it's, those are the much healthier sugars compared to, you know, like a cookie um, yeah. or, you know, other, and that's another thing that you should avoid as much as possible processed foods, but let's not talk about that. Yeah. No, we're not talking about the garbage. <laughs> no, no, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, but I would like I really like if there's one thing you can do, it's add add you know vegetable and fruit to your diet. And the the way I do that actually is by starting like if I think about dinner, I start with my vegetables rather yeah. than like what I used to do is that I you know I was like oh what do I feel like you know and I I don't eat meat anymore or hardly ever. Um, but I used to be like, oh, let's have chicken tonight. Let's have a sausage tonight. Or, you know, like that's what you start with. And then you add on from there. But now I'm like, okay, what fruit or sorry, what vegetables are we having for dinner? And then it's like, oh, I haven't had cauliflower for a long time. Let's do that. And then, yeah. you know, we have this beautiful cauliflower steak recipe. It's, it's super easy. Put it in the oven. And it's like, I've given it to friends of mine who are diehard like meat eaters and they absolutely loved it and sure they might eat it with meat on the side but it's still suddenly you eat half a cauliflower for dinner instead of like two little pieces yeah yeah no it's the feature of the meal isn't it 
exactly exactly yeah 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 i had a similar podcast interview with um a really good friend of malaysia marissa perry um and she spoke about um the plant plant-based focus she she's a she's a plant-based nutritionist and she was just sort of obviously sharing the link between eating plant-based and the decrease in inflammation in the gut which was really really cool so um we just I listened take, to it oh yeah <laughs> we're just taking this conversation a little bit further than that which is which yeah. is cool um but I want to also talk about one other thing that you've um, you've brought to my attention is the gut-brain axis. Mm. And what is that? Yeah. And um, why is it so important? Well, that is still a very new field of study, I should say. Um, we do know now that the gut and the brain are in uh, constant communication with each other. Uh, so there is this... Um, vagus nerve system uh, which goes from like your brain to your uh, to your gut so and they're like in different ways with like sh short chain fatty acids um the hpa axis there are different ways they actually communicate with each other but what we're looking at now is like how does that impact us in both ways and we we can see that if your gut flora is out of balance. Like I said before, like your, your mood is impacted, your stress levels, your sleep. Um, even like there, is, there are studies on the way right now for uh, like children with HDAD, for example, and um, taking care, like we know that their gut flora is different than non-HDAD, ADHD kids. Um, mm -hmm. So how can we rebalance the gut flora and does that help with the symptoms for example but the other way around as well if you're very stressed if you're unhappy um if you don't sleep enough that actually decreases like people would travel a lot in different time zones etc they're like you know they're very often a bit sleep deprived i mean now we haven't been traveling that much because of covid but the people that were normally traveling you know like around the globe their gut flora was substantially different from you know like other people because there are one of the reasons uh the study shows was because they didn't sleep enough and they didn't have a proper sleep routine so it, as boring as it is but a sleep routine is really important as well and it's really healthy for you to go to bed around the same time and get up around the same time even on the weekends um and it's just like there, there are now studies again that are looking at how can your um, how can your gut flora impact depression, for example. How can we do that? And then there are also studies the other way around, like um, how can your brain impact IBS if you have that or any food sensitivity. So it's again, it's it's very very new. It's like a lot of things are only discovered now, and I'm you know there they need to be tested retested and, and triple tested but uh and confirmed but the, the fact is there is a connection um so we know that um so it's also it's up to you like how do you how serious do you want to take that and what do you want to do about that uh in a two-way street basically yeah no it's so interesting i think i find it really fascinating as well and i'm looking yeah. forward to some of the research coming out and um speaking to us in the main in a mainstream so we can all understand yep. and we can all benefit from it right absolutely absolutely yeah. um yeah. so one of the other questions that i have is i understand about the role that eating healthy plays to improve your gut flora um one of the questions i often get asked is what about supplementation like what's another way i mean obviously i think it's 
it's kind of common. Maybe I'm thinking it's common, but people know that, you know, a multivitamin is good to take, a probiotic, vitamin K, if you're menopausal, vitamin D and magnesium and zinc. So these are all supplements that really will help with your general health, especially at this stage of life. What else yep. would you recommend? Well, I'm a big believer in supplements. Um, and the main reason for that as well is because, <clears throat> sorry, even though we know what to do and we know um, how to eat healthy, how to live healthy, the reality is we don't do it every day uh, of the week, 100% of the time. So one day I might, you know, exercise a lot, but another day I might just, you know, only have 10 minutes to do something or, you know, just run around and actually don't do enough of it. In reality is also there are days that we're really stressed. Um, so for me, um, and actually the last thing I want to say is um, also from a nutrition point of view, most of the things we should be able to get from our food if you eat healthy. But the reality as well is that the quality of our food is not as good as it used to be. A bit what you'd said before as well, because of overproduction, the way things are grown. So there are not that like as many um, nutrients in our food and in our soil, I should say, actually, mm -hmm. um, as there used to be like many, many years ago. So that's where for me, supplementing comes in that I'm like, look, I know what you say, like certain supplements, I know it's really healthy. I know it's good for me uh, and that my body needs it. So I'm supplementing. To, and for me, it's to make sure that I reach or that I get it on a daily basis. Um, so for me, one, one of the most important ones is to take, um, like you said, multivitamins as well, vitamin D. I take omega-3 as well. Yeah. Um, I take a turmeric uh, supplement and I take this um, probiotic and prebiotic supplement. And when you take a supplement for your gut health, it is probiotics and prebiotics. And I would really recommend when you choose a gut health supplement to look at a combination because you want to supplement your gut with the good bacteria to get that, that healthy balance there. Uh, but for the gut bacteria to thrive and grow and multiply when they reach your gut, they need fibers. And most of us don't get enough fibers in our diet. So that's why taking prebiotics or fibers with your probiotic supplements is, I think, crucial. Because if you take the good bacteria and they actually they don't get enough food to, to multiply, then what's the point of that? So you want to create the best environment for your gut health to be in uh, the best shape possible, obviously. So do you need supplements? No, you don't. If you're like, that's the bottom line of it, which is funny for me to say perhaps, but at the end of the day, if you, if you are super healthy, you don't have to. But like I said, for me, it's just like, I do it because I know then I am looking after my body the best I can on a daily basis. And like, of course, you need to make sure you get good quality supplements though. Yeah. So that yeah. means as close to nature as possible and they should be research-based. Yeah. Like, that's for me, the, the number one priority. They need to have prove, research proven um, that they can help. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm so in your lane when you talk about the research and the science behind the supplementation. Mm. And I really urge you know, specific, specifically women that are listening to this podcast episode to really 
dive into the science of what you're taking and quite often you know we'll go to the supermarket and we kind of have been told oh you need this you need this you need this you kind of reach off the shelf but I'd really yeah. encourage people to you know look into the science of something that's going to really serve you because if you're going to spend money on supplementation it's got to be backed by science and research right yeah. so yeah I'm, I'm with you on that too hey Karen this was such an awesome conversation i absolutely loved spending time with you today and i'm going to drop into the show notes um, some of the supplementation that you might recommend so that yeah. our um our listeners if they are looking for some support for their gut issues that they'll be able to um you know read up on some recommendations from you as well absolutely absolutely cool. happy to share thank cool. you thanks so much for your time it was lovely to to be here and to talk about it enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed talking with my guest. I'm so grateful to learn that so many people are sharing the podcast with their families and friends. If you are a new listener, then I encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'd also love to know how you feel about the content, so take a quick minute to review and send your feedback. If you're a Spotify listener, there is also a poll and a question at the end of every episode, and I'd love to gain your insights there. Till next time, Keep it sexy.